Welcome to Tweaking Geek number 20.5, the very special Lost episode. Hi, I'm your host, Pat. I'm your other host, Craig. I am Lori, and I'm the sometimes host and, and guest star, I guess. Um, and I'm obsessed with Lost, so I insisted on this episode. Yes, and so by insisting on an episode, you are responsible for... Um, for all the content, and Pat and I are just going to sit back and drink beer while you tell us all of the secrets of the island of Lost. Well, of course. How exciting. So, the real question is, did you guys watch the episode of Lost, which aired on January 21st, 2009? Yes, we did. We watched um, the two episodes that aired, the new episodes um, right in a row, and then we went to sleep. So <laughs> I think I had lost dreams all last night. But um, how did anyone ever watch TV before DVR? I don't know because we started the episode and let it run for a while, and then watched it and like skipped all the commercials all the way through. So it was kind of live. Yeah, yeah I, I it was on. It started at nine o'clock here, and I didn't actually start watching it till about ten thirty. And it was really depressing because I was at work seeing people start twittering about Lost. And I was like, but it's hours away for me. And they're like, here are all the secrets. And then you were committed violent, gory suicide because you knew everything that was going to happen, right? Yes. Yeah, so we didn't have Craig's spoiler alert sounds to, uh, to make it happen. So Exactly. Um, right. And I'm so, just going to say right here as well, if you're listening and you haven't seen Lost and you want to, um, don't listen. We're going to be doing lots of spoilers. We're going to be ruining the show for you if you haven't seen it. So um, come back and listen to us once you've read it or seen it. And with that, Lori, can you give us a rundown of what the hell we're talking about? Sure. Um, obviously, Lost has been here for, this is the fifth season, and one of the great things about the show is there's always unanswered questions, and just when you have an answer to a question, um, more keep coming up. So my top five questions that I want answered is um, the group that Richard Alpert is with, the pseudo-others, I guess they're... They're others, but they're not Dahmer people. They're um, other others. Right. Where did they come from originally, and why did they oppose the Dharma Initiative? I also want to know what the heck is up with that four-toed statue that we saw. Um, remember when Saeed and Jin and Sun were sailing? They saw like a wrecked statue. It looked like it was from Lord of the Rings, but it only had four toes. <laughs> they rented some uh, props from Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Um, Christian Shepherd was dead and in a casket when he was on the plane, and suddenly, like, he's walking around the island, and Jack sees him, and he sees Claire, and he's, like, the personage of Jacob. So, what's up with that? You know, is he dead, or is he Jacob, or is everyone imagining things? Uh, Kate's horse. There's one episode where Kate recalled a meeting she had with the horse, and then, like, the horse shows up on the island. Where'd the horse go? Did they eat it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, when, when you wrote that, where's Kate's horse? I hadn't actually, I actually had no idea. I'm like, what horse? But, you know. There you go. Yeah. And then the black it's smoke, precious. what is it? They say it's a security mechanism. What do they mean by that? Like, it seemed to be afraid of Mr. Echo, but then it killed him anyway. I don't know. Hmm. Well, those are good questions. You know, Locke said it was beautiful. I, who knows? Those are the five questions that I really want answered before this whole thing is over. Okay. How about you? Well, I, I had some questions. that Before I actually started watching this episode, I wrote these questions down, like, uh, you know, just so I would just kind of, you know, not have some uh, 
engineered questions. So my questions I wanted answered were, how far ahead in time has the island gone? And I think that was kind of answered in this episode anyway, sort of. Just like, my question may not be valid. Uh, What's the true nature of the island? Uh, You know, is it actually just an island or, you know, what's what's the deal? Uh, When will we find out about the real nature of the Dharma Initiative? Which, if we have, are you familiar with the Valenzetti equation? You must be. Um, yeah, I mean, I read Bad Twin. Because I, I didn't actually read that, but I, I like read pretty much everything about it. And uh, so, like, the Dharma Initiative knows something. Everybody kind of knows something. And I have a prediction down below about this, so I won't say it now. Um, okay. The Whispering in the Woods. Remember, every, you know, uh, Rousseau was yeah. here in the spring. And I, I just think that, like, you know... Who is actually doing all the whispering? Because I don't think it was the others, because they're just like this bunch of people standing around, and uh, they, you know, weren't whispering. So, th- what is that? And uh, Charles Widmore is he really behind everything? So I just think that the whole thing. I think he's like a minor player, but like they're kind of putting him up as like the ultimate bad guy. But I, I think that there's probably something more to it than just him being like this jerk. Uh, like, who's the emperor to his Darth Vader? Yeah, or or is there, or is he just like trying to get a piece of the pie, and uh, you know he's just making things worse because he orchestrated the whole like fake plane crash. But I don't know. So, <laughs> and Pat, what is your question? I really only have one question. That's like, does J.J. Abrams really have a plan for the show, or does he just make it up as he goes? Like, even if he has a plan now, there's no way he had a plan four years ago. He's just been like, and then uh, the black smoke monster will appear, and it'll turn into a fist and crush someone. Um, and then they'll throw fish at it, and it'll run away. I mean, I, it, it seems like just one long stream of consciousness. It, it really does. Which, but do you- I'm not saying I'm not a fan, just I, I feel cheated. Really? I don't know. I, I think it's possible that the whole thing, you know, it, it, it seems stream of consciousness consciousness and maybe it's like that way on purpose that there's really going excuse me there's really going to be uh, like something kind of you know full circle everything is just going to kind of come together in one fell swoop or am i naive well we already know the answer to that question (laughs) i'm naive so Lori, tell tell us something more about lost like we, we just watched the episode, so I mean, you're probably like bursting with things to say and tell us, and theories and synopses and all that stuff. I am, but um, before we get too far, um, I did throw up um, on the show notes just a really brief synopsis of what's gone on the past four seasons, just in case someone didn't heed my spoiler warnings and went ahead and read or s- listened anyway. Um, just so you have kind of a clue what we're talking about. Maybe you saw one season, but you didn't see the rest. But I think the best synopsis was actually said by Hurley, and I put up a video link to that as well. And that was basically Hurley telling his mother what had happened so far in the show. So um, it's only like a minute and a half long. Feel free to take a look at that. Um, But as far as last night's show, um, the season opener, it was totally awesome. Definitely not disappointed. Um, The island cascading through time and how everything keeps jumping around. I loved it. Um, I think it was so interesting that they get to see things in the past and, and what maybe near where they thought they were in the present and stuff. Um, I think it's just so interesting with the nature of the island and how time doesn't really work the same that that can even happen where it can go back and forth like that. Um, one of the last places they shifted to 
they were shot with flaming arrows and a bunch of the red shirts actually yeah. in the flame. <laughs> um, and that was really cool. Um, Aren't they out of red shirts by now? That's what I thought. Yeah. It, well, it was like, it was like uh, Sawyer. I don't know even who was there. Uh, Sawyer, Bernard, Fogart, Rose, and like a couple other people walking around. It was like, you see them walking around for like an hour and a half. Then the arrows start coming and there's like 45 people like running around. It's like, where did they all come from? Like yeah, did, people were bringing up the rear. Were they just like sitting there? You know, like if I was one of those like kind of red shirts, I would be like, those assholes have no idea what they're doing. Cause all they've done is like get a bunch of us killed. I would like take over if I was a red shirt. <laughs> so if you were Nikki and Paula, <laughs> Paula lies. <laughs> um, one thing I couldn't quite figure out, like, Juliet didn't crash with them, so why is she shifting in time along with them, but, like, Richard Alpert isn't? He's, like, staying in the same place because, you know, he told Locke, well, you're going somewhere and I'm not, so oh. so I'm wondering why that is. Um, but, of course, we got treated to a whole lot of shirtless Sawyer, which I know a lot of the ladies were definitely appreciative of. By a lot of the ladies, we mean Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you're a nice guy, Pat. And I'm also wondering if um, Daniel's mom, the one he told Desmond to find when he was chatting with Desmond, I wonder if that's that um, older lady that we've seen. No. You don't think so? That's Mrs. That's Mrs. Hawking. Well, maybe they don't have the same last name. I, I looked at the Lostpedia. It's Mrs. Hawking. She was the one that uh, Desmond tried to buy the engagement ring from. Right. And that- she said no. Yeah, and she said no, and that everyone's going to die or whatever. I don't know, but uh, I don't. I, you think so? I don't think so. I think that I, I don't think that that's the mother because because uh, it's Mrs. Hawking. And although it would be kind of funny if it was Mrs. Hawking, because Daniel Faraday, Mrs. Hawking, like everyone has like scientist yeah. last names. Which... Well, everyone also have philosopher last names. They Rousseau, do. Locke. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, retard. Um. Wow. Des well, well Mrs. Faraday no Mrs. Hawking. Hawking she was also in a picture um remember when Desmond went to the monastery and he was talking to the the head monk yeah that was she was in, she was in a picture with that monk on his desk that's brother so and so I saw that on the Lostpedia yeah um Ooh. I don't really think Kate has been forgiven by Son I think Son's still kind of pissed off. That was that was pretty obvious. I thought, yeah, yeah, where she's like, "No, I forgive you, whatever." Then she's like, "And so, how's Jack?" I'm like, "Wow, real, yeah, like, someone's catty." Rub the salt in it. Um, so Kate's on the run again. Uh, I think some will probably be the hardest one to get to come back to the island. I don't think Kate has much to lose at this point. I love the part where Hurley put his sunglasses on Saeed, and it totally reminded me of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I also loved it when he chucked a hot pocket at Ben. Um. And I think one of the cops that he turned himself into when he went and said, I surrender, I killed four people. I think one of them was that Matthew um, Abandon guy, the guy that actually works for Widmore, that was um, trying to get him to go to another uh, psychiatric institution so they could keep an eye on him. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I, like, I think so, but I'm not sure. Uh, I like that Anna Lucia came back. Um, Lucia. Anna Lucia. Glad she came back. Um, I actually really liked her character. I, I watched the DVDs a little bit last weekend. And, um, you know, she was an interesting character. And it was good to see her again. And as a super spoiler alert, uh, I read that 
actually, um, Miles, the one that can talk to ghosts, he's going to actually interact with four of the dead losties coming up. So that will be good. Why do you want one of them to be Boone? I love Boone. Boone? I thought, I thought Boone was awesome. I heard he has a really good farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, just one last thing. My friend Renetta in Atlanta is definitely a Lost fan to you, and hopefully she's listening. Um, she actually writes a Lost update that she sends out the day after every episode. And um, it's awesome. And she's so funny. And this is my favorite line from her update. Could Curly look any more fruity holding that gun? I thought dude snapping his picture with the camera phone was hilarious. Okay, Hugo, act like there's a buffet in the other room and run. <laughs> loved it. That's right. Uh, that, that was good. I loved, all right, I got to tell you, I loved the, uh, I love Shih Tzu's, or I love my Shih Tzu oh. <laughs> t-shirt. I <laughs> so lost it. That was awesome. That was funny. All right, Craig, what were your thoughts? I had lots of thoughts. I, I think my thoughts weren't as well-formed as you as yours, because uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it since, you know, the end of the last season. But, all right, so my first thing is, I was glad Frogert got burned by arrows, uh, burned by the arrows, because, like, he was completely annoying. Was he on, like, other episodes? Um, he did some work that was cut. Like, did you ever see the mob episodes that they aired um, before no. season four? No. Nope. He was on there. He was, like, vying for Libby's affection along with uh, Hurley. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, he reminded me of Kavanaugh on Stargate Atlantis. Aha, I got a Stargate Atlantis reference in there. But he's okay. basically whiny and likes, we're all going to die. So, you know, and just kind of generally annoying. Um, okay, so that was just like, I, I didn't like him. Uh, all right, so a couple of questions I had were, uh, what's the origin of the time travel wheel? So, you know, Ben got up there and like there was like, a you know, a, he climbed through the little cave to go in there and move the wheel, which is, you know, which is fine. Obviously, it probably moves some thing that lets the energy through. That's fine. But when the Dharma Initiative was building the Orchid Station, they were, you know, the guy was like trying to drill in there and he got all knocked out. And the other one had done the uh, the ultrasound to of the, uh, you know, into the cave and they could see the outline of the wheel. So my question is, uh, what... Like, how did that get there? That was obviously there before the Dharma Initiative, and it was encased in solid rock. And it's not some sort of natural formation. So where did that come from? Um, so now, like, my was another it question... Was encased, or was it just, like, in an area that was blocked off? Well, I mean, it was blocked off by solid rock. It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it was in, like, a cavern. Yeah, that's true. And, and a very cold cavern at that. But, uh, um so, but all right. So now the island is kind of going back and forth in time, but it seems to be over a fairly limited, you know, epoch, you know, or epic or whatever. Um, you know, because like as early as when the uh, uh, what do you call it? The the plane crashed that Mister Echo's brother was in, mm-hmm. and so it went back that early, and then it went like into the future a little bit, or I don't know if it went to the future, but it it was just kind of bumping back and forth, and I wonder if as these go on is it just going to kind of like farther and farther farther and farther and like more random because something you know something about uh mrs hawking's uh little you know whatever at the end of the uh uh episode she had kind of predicted you know she said you have 70 hours to get there so i think she's probably had i think she has probably predicted when the island is going to be in the present and it's like you have 70 hours before the island shows up or the island's going to be there for 70 hours or something like that, then it's gone again. So, so another question, what was uh, Daniel Faraday doing carrying around the compressed gas bottle in when they were building the orchid station, you know? So, and and a question was, 
was he actually a part of the Dharma Initiative? Because I would have think thought he would have been quite young to be in the Dharma Initiative. Or is that is like kind of we're going to find out later during one of their like time flips or whatever he infiltrates the Dharma Initiative and to get closer to that. So maybe uh, then there was Miles killing the boar. Uh, I thought that was just kind of I. Well, he just, talks to dead things, so he could probably like hear the boar's ghost. Well, I, I was, I'm, yeah, I guess so. But he's like, oh, I just found it. It's only been dead for three hours. Maybe he talked to the boars, or I wonder if something else happened because there was just like that was pretty like I don't know. It, it, I, I, it may have been significant. It may have been nothing, you know. So yeah. So then there's Richard Alpert. Um, a question that I, I I'm ha- I'm having with this is you know in this episode he didn't seem completely evil. So and and I've never been sure if he's good or bad, you know, because there's really just a kind of uh, whatever. I was like really creeped out by him at first, but now he's like really, uh, you know, his people. He he's like trying to help Locke do something, and yeah. you know, whatever. He seems sincere about whatever he's. Yeah, wanting. but why would he and the other others allow first of all Ben, then Locke to be their leader? Because uh, you know you'd think that you know why why are they getting outsiders to do this? Because Ben. It, was just like a child when he went to the Dharma Initiative. So why why is it that he is? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Why why like how did he become leader of the others when you think that they would have picked one of their own? So there's well, just thing. I think maybe um, there's the hostiles that Desmond referred to, and in the very beginning of the first episode of the season, um, Doctor Waxman or whatever he's going by these days, yeah. he said about the. Um, the hostile indigenous indigenous population. Right. I'm thinking that Richard Alpert might be part of like the indigenous population, and maybe there's things that they're limited and they can't do, and that's why they need someone else to be their leader. Maybe um, they need someone that wasn't originally from the island for whatever reason, and that's why they're looking for others. True, but well, like I'm gonna I- point out that Ben, you know, killed his entire Dharma group. Yeah, so- and Richard seemed okay with that. Yeah, so he's kind of badass. I think that counts for something. That's yeah. true. One thing about Ben is that, like, he was not looking like too like in too rough shape this episode. After all he's been through, he's probably been beat up and like wailed on more than anybody in that show. It's like every episode, it's like you know, you know, ten minutes of like interaction between the characters, and fifty minutes of someone beating up on Ben. That's like how lost episodes are and he didn't look like he was you know he had been like pretty much been through the the ringer all the time so i know and it's tragic because i always wished they would be beating up on charlie instead (laughs) i wish they would be beating up on jack in fact i wish they would be beating jack with charlie's arms oh that would be awesome torn from his corpse sweet and launched from a cannon made out of micah's head (laughs) that would be awesome Oh, all right. Well, so a couple more observations I had. Sorry to have so many, but I guess I did have a lot to say. Rose and Bernard still like annoy the hell out of me. I mean, I like them. They're they're, like fun and whatever, but it's like, I I guess they don't annoy me, but it's, it kind of shows the humanity of it. It's still like kind of these bickering, you know, this bickery couple, even though it's like, you know, we're traveling through time and, you know, the whole fate of the world is at, you know, at stake. And, you know, and she's like nagging him. I, I, you know, can't use that to make a fire i know i just thought that that was funny i mean i just i referred to them as the silly geese of the crew it's like oh you silly goose you know so so you've got something you can look forward to on that right maybe they'll die in a touching tragic moment maybe they'll die alone Mm -hmm. everyone dies alone didn't you watch donnie darko that's right 
Live together, die alone. That's right. No, but the, yeah, well, that's right because uh, in uh, one of the Star Trek movies, uh, Captain Kirk says, "I or on Star Trek Five, he says, I knew I wasn't going to die because I wasn't alone." So, uh, and all right, so finally, oh, and I already mentioned the thing about like how many, like, were there really like five thousand people on Oceanic Flight Eight Fifteen? Because like every episode, like about you know a hundred more get killed. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, think we've, I think we've seriously thinned it out this time, though. There was quite a bit of flaming corpses. I think I know why the plane crashed, because there was about, yeah, like a thousand people on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's too heavy. We're going down. Well, those trans-oceanic flights are pretty big. Yeah. So, Pat, any thoughts on your on the episode? No. It, it was a good start. It wasn't a great start, right? I mean, season one is still, like, the pinnacle, and it's been downhill from there yeah so i think i think they're this is going back to my earlier point like i think they've got a plan now but they didn't really have a plan before and so they've got they're using this time to kind of swing the show around like like you know driving a car with a big ass on an icy road and yeah kind of swing it around and get it pointed in the right direction that was an awesome analogy that was good i I wish you could see the hand motions he was making to describe it too all you listeners at home, you just missed out. It's too bad this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I agree that the episode or season one was just totally awesome. And it has been kind of good. But the it seems like the past couple of seasons have been very, like, you know, like the entire season takes place over like a 45 minute period, you know, and it's right, just. Like and despite that, the episode pacing isn't what it used to be. Yeah, it, yeah, it was always like they were just running from something and all, something new was always happening. This is like, look, there's a, you know, there's a there's a mysterious pile of rocks there. And then it's like for the next like 15 episodes, you know, they're all going to have like flashbacks about how like they were affected by mysterious piles of rocks in their lives. Right, they're like, "Okay, and when I was 6, I cut myself on a rock. Hey, do we have any peanut butter?" <laughs> I think that the first season and a half were more introspective. Like it was all about setting up dichotomies with what was going on with their survival as to what went on in their lives and, and how they changed or how they're still the same. And I think since then it's been more plot driven and more about action and what's going on and um, the actual things that are happening to them more than what's going on with them. But season four was pretty slow. I mean, it was, Hopefully it's one of those things where it was like staging us for like two action-packed seasons because we've still got another season after five. So hopefully, yeah, I I disagree. I think season three was probably the slowest. I think season four was way more action-packed than season three, possibly because they had to move everything along so quickly because of the writer's strike in the shorter season. Hmm, that's that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess right, I so, okay. Oh. Sorry. I say, no, everyone gets one guess, so what's it about? What's the story? You mean, what do you mean, what's the story? What is, what's the point of loss that's going to be the big reveal? Oh, the big reveal. Laurie? I think it's going to be some kind of mystical, this was the cradle of life, and to move on as uh, humanity, it has to create life. And that's why I think Aaron's so important, because he was actually one of the first children that we know for sure that was born there. Interesting. So I think it's going to turn out to be all about the time travel aspect. And, of course, this is impossible to prove, but I called the time travel angle, I think, in season two when uh, Hurley was out on the beach. might have even been season one. 
was out on the beach and they found a radio and turned it on and they were hearing uh, Moonlight Serenade, which is like a 40s, like big band era jazz classic. Oh, like, yeah. Aha, they're in the 40s. So I, that's my prediction. It's all going to be about some kind of huge time travel paradox that they have to set right because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Ah, I have to say, uh, thank God that it, it wasn't about um, – oh, crap. What, what do I thank God it wasn't about? Oh, with that they're not in purgatory. I was, uh, like, that was a theory that was floating for a while. I'm like, thank God they're not in purgatory. That would be so stupid. Uh, you went, I, it's going to turn out that they're in purgatory. Oh, I, I would – I will. I, you will see me weep. I will videotape myself weeping and broadcast it to the world. No, my theory is that it's kind of like yours, Pat, except for I, I really – this whole uh, Dallanzetti equation thing, which I know I kind of keep talking about, I think that it's going to be really tied to that where there's the uh, the way that the, the island is, that the end of humanity or like the point of no return about like the end of humanity – is coming either be it a disease or a war or something but they ha- and they're going to have like the whole reveal is going to be that they're going to have to do something you know they screwed up the magnetic thing in the hatch so that's ruined so yeah the time travel aspect they're going to ha- they have to somehow modify that to uh fix the you know to change the factor in the equation so that uh, the end of humanity isn't coming anymore you know, These are all good theories. They yeah. are, because we're smart people. We are smart. We're good enough. We're smart enough. Doggone it. A few of our listeners like us. Maybe. All right, so I can... Any other final, like, mini theories that's not the big reveal? Um, I think that Charlotte and Miles may be connected to the island in some way. Charlotte was searching for her birth parents, and I think Miles was the little baby in the very beginning of the show. Ah. Uh-huh. I think that the Black Rock, I get, one of my guesses is is that perhaps the indigenous hostels may have been the original crew of the Black Rock. Ooh, that's good. Because the, the if they were indigenous, I mean, they don't look like they're indigenous to a South Pacific island. You know, they just look like kind of whatever, you know, just like North American or European or whatever. So something they, they had to have been from somewhere. And I think... That they're going to manage to release one more craptastic video game tie-in, and it'll be just as bad as Via Domus was. And I'll play it again. <laughs> nice. And I'll finish it. One thing, too, that I was thinking today, um, you know how the Oceanic Six and all six of them had to get back, and they had to get Locke's body back? What about Walt? Doesn't Walt have to go back if they're going back? Because Walt was there, too. Not really. Yeah, Walt's retarded. He's a, he's an orphan. Oh my god, he's an orphan. I know, isn't that sad? No, we that's hate him. Awesome. Yeah, we that's why. Orphans. Don't exactly. you listen to this show? <laughs> but it's Walt. No, he's an orphan. Walt. I'm looking but, for my boy. Walt. <laughs> Walt. No, he has no we, credibility we, left. Yeah, we get we get the point. By the way, you can you can drop it. That's right. Wait, who can drop it? She well, can't. No, uh, no, no more howling for Walt. <laughs> yeah, He's being a jerk to me again, even though he wasn't even, like, organized enough to, like, prepare for this podcast. Oh. But but he has creative uh, – he has or editorial rule on this, so anything yes. evil that you say is gone. Yeah, you, you wait until you see what you're going to say about me when I edit this. <laughs> I hope it involves the dying elephant sound. <laughs> Uh, ooh. So, all right. Well, I think you guys, I think that we have successfully spoiled 
this episode of Lost for everybody. Yes, and just to be a jerk, I'm putting up some other additional information at the end of um, the show notes so that if you're really into the spoiler stuff, you can take a look at Excellent. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have any comments on this episode or anything or suggestions or whatever, you can email us at tg at tweakinggeek.com or you can call us at 678 999 6321 and leave us a voicemail. And Don't forget the Tweaking Geek Facebook group that you can join and post to. Yep. And also, we're having an all-listener episode uh, coming up, and if you have anything you want us to talk about, get a, submit it by uh, February 6th. There you go. Pat, any final words? Bye. Thanks for Bye. humoring my lost obsession. Thank you for Thank you for coming here. The end. I just have to tell you guys one thing that is funny. My friend Elijah is like super cynical about all television shows. And I Twittered that I watched Lost and he Twittered back. uh, He said, Lost Lost was okay. Or no, Lost was good, but it's on probation. I thought that was fun. (laughs) Uh